Thought Bubble Audio. Hello, welcome back. Help. It's Loud Women Podcast with me, Tookie Cavanaugh, my co-host, Marissa Emanuel, holding a hibiscus la croix. I see you. I'm getting a little bougie over here, you know? Oh, snap. If you t- if you hear any little burps, any little seltzer burps, that's what that is. So just thanks for that. I didn't mean to put you on blast. It's okay. I'll try to burp away from the microphone. <laughs> welcome back to Loud Women, guys. We are happy to be back here with you again. We are in uh, episode four, season two, almost halfway through season one. As always, it's been a pleasure back with you guys talking about talking about Shrill, the best show on television. Thank you so much to our listeners. So we are at the halfway point, uh, and I we've gotten a little bit of feedback throughout the throughout the season on what you guys are thinking so far. Um, again, we're going to do this no spoilers uh, because we are watching this one episode at a time, um, which has been really difficult because everybody in my life knows that I'm the shrill person, and so they're all texting me their thoughts on the season, and I'm like, I'm going to need you guys all to stop texting me spoilers because I am taking my role very seriously. Uh, so we won't do any spoilers, but we've got a couple of little uh, pieces of feedback that we wanted to share from some of our uh, some some of our listeners. So um, I'm going to start with uh, Gabri, who is Ugh, a delight. Gabri, shout out to you. Uh, take a shot every time I shout somebody out. But like, shout out to you. Thank you so much for that feedback. And yes, 2020 is the year of the FUPA. We out here with Celebrate. Let it all out. It's true. I love to see I love to see people taking up that charge. So a couple of things that Gabri mentioned in her email. Uh, she I, she had a nice little Gabe dig in there, which I like. She says the podcast is a joy to listen to on my early commutes to a miserable job where the environment is much more toxic than Gabe's hair products. Ooh! And that's true because, you know, he is not using cruelty free hair gel like he is going he is going toxic. He is ruining the planet. Uh, yeah, I think my my own carbon footprint went up by proxy just by staring at his hair. What are they doing to him? Why? It's so much. There's so much happening there. Uh, so she is bringing some really interesting knowledge here to the table. So we are always talking about A.D. Bryant's bras and lingerie. Uh, it is Rihanna's line. It is... Uh, just as I suspected. Yeah. I think I clocked that in season one. I was like, is this fun too? I think you did. So... Um, I'm going to need to buy some because they are also very affordably priced. So I am mm-hmm. definitely going to need to uh, invest. Um, so a couple of other things. You know, we've been talking about... Uh, oh, also, yeah. love the photo of you, Gabri. Oh, she included a super cute photo. Love a high-waisted, high-waisted short. Send us, your, send us your, like, shrill-inspired photos of your... Looks. Of your looks. Like, I just... We all are so into her fashion. So... Um, so one of the questions we asked in a previous episode is what is the female version of drop and dick around town? Um, do we regret asking this? Yeah, thing? no, we do. But this is actually <laughs> a really good answer. She suggested uh, cleaning carpets in every neighborhood. And I was like, all right, I can get down with that. I like that. You know, 
I'm not mad at that though. I love, I love the alliteration. The consistency is there. I'm here for it. Exactly. So there's a couple of things that we're not going to get into because it's, it's borderline spoiler, but, uh, but yeah, she's down for year of the FUPA. So that's, that's all we really needed to say. So thanks for the, uh, thanks for the email, Gabri. If you guys have, uh, any more notes, you can shoot them over to us at loudwomenpod at gmail.com. We had, love you, Gabriel. Yes, thank you. thank you, Gabriel. We had a couple of other quick little notes from Instagram, and this one really resonated with me from uh, Mel Cliff Malacker, uh, and she said that I wish Shrill had been around when I was a young big girl mm. who thought their only worth was bumpkin boys who wanted you for sex. Uh, Shrill shows us a real world of a myriad of characters that empower us all. Clever writing that needs to be seen more often rather than the drudge of beautiful people dragging their manicured arses across my TV screen. Arse, which is clever. Thank you. She's got to be from, she's got to be British. I like that. But it's true. It's, um, it's, uh, this is a thought that has stayed with me often. We've talked about it a lot that, uh, having this type of television when we were younger, you know, maybe not like a young girl, it's a little, little braided R, but, uh, but you know, having this kind of representation would have been a game changer during some of those formative years where you're just like, okay, I am not worth much because my body doesn't align with classic expectations of beauty. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. That, I think I saw that comment for the, I've logged into Instagram maybe twice in the past business court i don't know I <laughs> yeah don't. i run the instagram <laughs> i'm bad at instagram you guys uh but i i believe i did see that comment and i i felt that oh mm-hmm. i felt it's that very very real so i think that that's why we're all so emotionally attached to this show is it really just speaks to us in a way that most entertainment doesn't now so i feel very grateful for it i feel grateful for that representation now i wish i had it when i was younger but i'm gonna mm. appreciate it while we have it so Thank you for that feedback. Uh, shoot us notes, and we would love to read more of your thoughts on future episodes. So uh, that's it for uh, for the mailbag. Want to get into the episode? Uh, ooh, real quick. Yeah. A, a question. Uh, I was actually watching a, uh, a business, because rela- I'm a nerd. Uh, I was watching a business-related business, business um, video earlier today about workplace discrimination. Mm-hmm. And... I've heard the term people of size used before. Mm-hmm. And so they were v- using very careful language to describe people of size, as they put it, uh, because they don't want to use terms like overweight and obese unless it's like directly linked to clinical research, something mm. medical in that sense, right? Uh, but a new term that the hosts of this uh, video or the little inf- infographic situation uh used that i thought was fascinating perhaps useful um is uh high weight people Hmm. what do you think of that um i don't i don't mind it at first sort of Mm -hmm. at first thought um you know this is something that you and i have talked about a couple of times is you know what what what's the appropriate word to use you know what what what's not harmful i think right at the, at the core of it and um yeah i i think that's i think that's fine i think that's you know it's equivalent to fat but taking away some of that sort of hurt that's associated with mm. that word like you've you've talked about before um what what were your thoughts on that um i appreciate the new approach i i am someone who is a real a real language nerd and i 
as an ESL person as well, uh, am fascinated by the English language's evolution, Mm. especially in modern times, especially because I grew up speaking French, which is a very gendered language. Mm, That's true. Right? And so, you know, coming up in a time where now there's gender neutrality in language and um, uh, care being taken to describe people who are not the so-called or um, archaic version of norm, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm really fascinated by that. So it's like, I appreciate the effort at least to take the sting out of describing someone's body. It is. It's such an interesting conversation. I was, I was talking about this with my husband the other night and he was very sincerely, you know, saying, I'm trying to be a good ally. What's, what's the best way? What, what words should I be using? <clears throat> and I just, there isn't, I don't have a great answer. And I think it's, it's like, do you, basically what I, what I came around to was like, if, do you need to use that identifier? And if you mm. don't, you shouldn't, right? Um, I think it's interesting and it's a, it's an interesting conversation and I would love, love feedback from this community too, because there's, uh, there's so many nuance, there's so much nuance and so much feeling involved with this stuff. And so, um, and, and I love your perspective on it too, Tookie, coming from this linguistic sort of angle too. It's, it's an interesting discussion. Yeah. If anybody has uh, any thoughts, drop us a note. Yeah. We would love to hear from you. So, uh, so I think oh. that's it for the housekeeping today, folks. Let's get into episode four. There's a, um, okay. Uh, do I, do I, do I jump into it early? I just want to say like right up top, I'm a straight, right? I'm a, I'm a hetero woman. And yet sometimes I find myself really offended by penis. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) maybe we'll get into that later. Let's get, let's just start from the top. top. We'll we'll work our way up to that. That's not where I thought you were going to start. If I had to guess that was not the big, big moment you were going to dive right into, but we'll, we'll get there. Okay. So, um, so we see, we start out with Annie waiting outside her office building, dreading her return, dreading mm. the, the, the shameful, the walk of shame back into the building where she dramatically quit. Uh, we see Amadi, who is now taken over as second in command, and it is the most unglamorous job, the most unglamorous promotion I have ever seen. He is scolding someone for stealing the squatty potty. He, he has to turn Ruthie down for getting Botox covered. Uh, he's just absolutely taking up taking up the shit. I, you know what? I like business, Amadi. I do. I'm into it. I do too. He's. Like he's good at it, but you can tell he's super miserable. Um, I, I like when <laughs> when when uh, Ruthie asks about the Botox, and Gabe is like, "Oh, that's uh, I'm gonna have to have to pass that over to to Amadi." And it reminded me for those of you who watch The Office of when Michael Scott and Jim were co-managers, and Michael was like, "No, I'm doing the big picture stuff." And I was like, "Everything is big picture stuff," and Gabe's everything's the creative stuff that you wanted to be, and all the shit is going down to Amadi, who is definitely not making enough money for be- dealing with all that bullshit. No, I mean, turning down Botox requires a raise. Like, you need to be earning some big bucks to tell people, no, you can't when he- smooth out that, <laughs> that, that one wrinkle. When he's telling that guy, and that guy's talking about donating his sperm to his sister, I was like, that is, that is a six-figure job for me to be dealing with that person, minimum. You know, I blocked that out my memory mm. because reasons... Uh, so yeah, that was oh, a dark moment too. I, I picture, I, I repictured the scene now and I'm sad. It, um, it was dark. So a couple of other quick things happened at work. We meet calendar Cody, uh, who oh. is 
apparently the coolest. He is very cool, but like deeply annoying. I I was just like, I hate, I hate this man. And maybe I just hate him for Annie. I hate him Mm. on Annie's behalf. But it's like, can you imagine being gone for a month and you come back and somebody is doing a better job at your job and everyone likes them more than they like do? Uh, Wait, do you have a person like that who maybe didn't necessarily, quote unquote, replace you, but the the cue... I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I suddenly feel less than mm-hmm. you make me feel it's bad. Like, like why? Why? Who decided? Who decides who's cool? I mean, OK, we've set the raw. There's a rubric now where it's like, are you cool enough to be offered cocaine? Uh, <laughs> I can which I can personally attest to. We for, got it, for anybody. Tookie, you're cool. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I almost made that the like I almost made some quote about that the the podcast the title of the last episode but I was like I feel like I might get banned from iTunes for that <laughs> yeah no 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 don't do that um okay but it's like who decides who's cool and why and what's cool about this dude I mean he sort of he sort of dragged her a little bit it was a it was a, not maybe not a drag but like a little tug about like mm. oh yeah well you took care of the calendar all I had to do was just revamp the whole interface I'm like bah! I did not yeah I was not on board I'm like I'm I, I I can't tell if we're supposed to like him or not but I am skeptical I'm very mm. skeptical there is side eye there uh but I will say uh he one redeeming quality that he has in my in my uh, in my mind is uh being bffs with his grandma because grandmas are the tits so that's so true and i did i liked annie's rebuttal there too where both of her grandmothers are dead and she misses them a lot i was like Mm. no that's i I feel that but yes so much respect to anyone who loves their grandma i love my grandma she's the best yeah so uh so we see amadi working on payroll uh talking about jizz paternity leave and i just i this can't this is not gonna last like the setup is not uh, gabe seems thrilled he's thriving oh is doing poorly he's living his best life because he doesn't actually have to do um any administrative work Mm -hmm. that the job entails Mm. so he's definitely past that buck i i'm sorry to our listeners for that groan i let out when you said jizz Jizternity leave. I don't know. I don't know. But now I'm. It's all right. We all were groaning right there with you. Thank you. So I, my bet is this: this arrangement is not going to last through the end of the season. This is like he's about to lose his freaking mind. So he then has to break the bad news that Annie has been bumped to the basement um, mm. with my favorite person, Maureen, um, who whose name is Joe Firestone. Looked her up because I'm obsessed with her and needed to follow her on social media. So super Great funny. Comic. Super funny. Like amazing if you need to follow her on social media i highly suggest it uh so she is disappointed that annie has returned uh telling her four times you pussed out big time which fair but also girls gotta get a paycheck so i don't hold it against her Uh, i i i love i love a two-parent doesn't matter the gender same gender different gender no gender two-parent household and a two-income household, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I, mm, it is ugh. so you know feelings are going to come up about Ryan's half of the bargain because they can't both not have jobs. No, it's so. true. It's very true. They one of them, and they don't even live together. But somebody's got to work. Somebody's got to make that money. So somebody. I so Maureen is another character that I feel like is in the same vein as Ruthie, where she's just on another planet and. It is so, it's such a delightful juxtaposition to 
Annie is very grounded in reality. I feel like Fran is very grounded in reality. Amadi. Mm -hmm. But some of these people are just batshit. And I'm just delighted by that. Like, I love that we find that Maureen's mom married her ex-boyfriend and is now her stepdad. Yeah. She took his name. He picks her up from work. I'm like, that is dark as fuck. And I love it. Is that, I mean, but is that a power move on the mom's behalf? <laughs> She's like, I that's still like got a, it. That is, that, that's quite a power move. Like, we celebrate cougardom. Can we find a new word for that, by the way? Mm. What, do we not like cougardom any, cougar anymore? Is, I that, is it I don't harmful? know if it's just like... I, it just feels like the rosé of its day now. It feels like the Aperol spritz. That's true. Of, of its terminology to be calling a, a, a woman uh, a cougar when she dates younger. I think we could glam it up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We could give it a little bit more cred. You know, you deserve a little bit yeah. of cred. Because when I hear cougar, I I picture, you know, juicy sweatpants with the the, the uh, rhinestones on the butt. <laughs> yeah, those those matching onesies that <laughs> one, onesies that were very popular in the early 2000s. It's true. And we don't we don't need to revisit that. We don't. <laughs> so Maureen comes through and has a freak friend uh, because Annie is now on the freak beat. She's on the freak of the week week beat. Uh, so <sighs> Maureen. Is this what journalism is? Yeah. I mean, hey, Portland, it's a weird place and they mm. got to they got to get that. They got to get weird. So. Uh, so she comes in and she brings her friend who is the naked biker. Yeah. Uh-uh. My, no I, my notes just say that was a whole dick. Yes. I wasn't expecting a whole... I didn't know. It just came out of nowhere and I was watching and I like instinctively wanted to just like close my laptop because I didn't know what was happening. Mm -hmm. I let out an audible squawk and I think the neighbors heard. Yeah. It's just when you're not prepared and it's just like a flaccid, like, it's mm. like all yes. balls. You know what I mean? You just are not expecting that on television. But good for Hulu. You know what I mean? Like, push those boundaries, baby. Let's go. I love it. I mean, yeah, I know, right? Like, um, what? Ass and titties is just very last decade. So exactly. really, really moving forward i just i was really no disrespect to the actor at all but i just wasn't ready to you know for the camera to to pan right and for me to see flesh-colored crayola i just what mm -hmm. i no one's ready i wasn't happy about it you cannot I wasn't happy be ready about it. i love i love how deeply horny maureen is um i love that she's like just so in it taking those photos i just love the just the deep exploration of her sexuality in the last five minutes of the show it's just a delight i feel like there's a scale to horniness now where we have zero to all the cats and cats <laughs> it's true they are at the high end they're so horny so like where does maureen fall in the horn she's scale? like somewhere close to cats like it's very insane just like unbridled horniness like she just wants to take photos of his undercarriage mm. like that's like the 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 stretching to get onto the bike like she was had a vision of what she wanted to get in these photos she was i mean she was at prime angles to capture the man chassis if we will. i loved it i loved her genuine enthusiasm for him and i loved his genuine enthusiasm for being a yes. naked bike rider like I was like getting kind of ins inspired and I was like, you know, he's saying, you know, being nervous is the same thing as being excited. It's all about what you do with that emotion. I was like, yes, I love this. Like, he's like, I just love it. I love to feel my balls kiss the wind. And I was like, I want that. I want my balls to kiss the wind. 
I think I was too taken aback by the sight of a naked man to really marinate on oh, that I inspirational really absorbed quote. It. I was he was just so passionate about his hobbies, talking about how his job is just like a bore and how he does he's just so like anxious all the time and then he loves to just like let his little his dingle fly and I just found that really it was just really What did entirely. he say he is? Like a district manager or something? Yeah, what was yeah, he was a was a district manager in this yeah it's not important but yeah one of he's, those so like an accountant or something something very uh very vanilla. white collar yes yes so loved him loved that little moment and that was just just a joy uh, two there was there were two flashes of his genitalia yeah. in um hulu what are the standards i hey you know what internet tv baby mm. we're in a different planet it's there is yeah. no i don't know if there's a rating system i think there's <laughs> i i don't know but i I'm here for it. As a whole, I know. I'm here for it. All right. So after Ugh. after we say goodbye to the dick for now, um, we have two different tracks for this evening. Uh, let's, Wait, pause. Yeah. Dick for now? Shall we discuss later? Dick for now? Oh, gosh. I'm scared. No, I just Percy. meant... I just... Don't spoil it. <laughs> I just meant they come back on the bikes later. I don't think we see Dick again later. But we see no. him. No. Didn't we do. his name. So, um, so we take two tracks for the rest of the evening. We, uh, we see Annie and Fran catch up for a moment at home. Fran's getting dressed up, taking herself out for a date. She's got to stop using herself for sex, which I find very funny. <laughs> I was like, I loved the idea that she's just using herself just for sex and she needs to get back in touch with her and go on a nice date, you know, get in touch with herself. Um, and so I'm just, I'm very on board with this, this journey for, for Fran. What, what kind of apparatus was that, that she smoked out of in the smoke shop? Mm, that's a is great it, Does anybody know what those are called? I'm not cool. So like, what, what the heck is that contraption That was called? advanced for me. I was also like, this looks like crack. I don't know what this is. <laughs> this is above my, this is punching above my weight. Uh, so before they leave the house, Ryan, uh, she calls out Ryan for looking like a park ranger in a porno, mm. which uh, was perfectly accurate. That shirt was very satiny uh, with his very tight little shorts. And I'm just, Ryan cannot dress himself nope. at all. It's really, it's it's so bad. It's just really bad. Really, really bad. Uh, yeah. You know, I, th- I, I feel like every man goes through that can't dress phase. And yet he's still stuck in it for some reason, right? Because I, uh, I would see my fiance's old photos, and he was really into loud shirts at one point. Okay, there was a point in his wardrobe when I was like, mm, "You were destined to marry a black woman, but you just didn't know it yet." <laughs> now, what exactly gives you that impression? Just out of curiosity, oh. just for like a, a tiny little <laughs> sidestep. Uh. <laughs> He, oh man, this is, this is a deep cut for a certain sector of listeners. This is the, the slender, the most slender Venn diagram ever. Uh, but he, uh, I think owned a Stacey Adams shirt at one point in his life. And if you don't know, Stacey Adams is, Stacey Adams is the, uh, the, the menswear and footwear, uh, choice of every uncle over 50 at the cookout. So. Oh, that is a fun fact. That was fate. That's fate. You guys were meant to end I, up together. Yeah. It's beautiful. He needed you. He he did. So like he his taste is much better and much more age appropriate now. Uh, and so I am trying. Oh gosh, this is a lot of information. Apologies in advance, Terry, because I know she listens. So like <laughs> I wanted to help him dress in a way where it's like 
this guy looks fuckable, but like not so other women want to do him. I think that's such a fine line, but it's so true. You just want everyone to be like, oh, maybe I would, but not actually mm-hmm. try. Exactly. That's the he's, line. He's very, I, I've sat on his chest. I've marked my territory. He is mine. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're doing i like this i like this visual of you just like sitting on his chest before he's allowed to leave the house be like i need if my he scent. dies he dies yes <laughs> it's beautiful so that's that's men and dressing and that's what they that's all that's, that's, what they do. that's all i can do so uh <laughs> so, i just don't understand how ryan's character doesn't have at least some access to like a gq magazine right or, or just something. like a tj max just oh. like it's very simple an old navy an old nav. So <laughs> those are some fine look finely dressed mannequins at affordable prices. So price so affordable, so attainable. So um so then we uh, just one last little call out before we leave the house of another great moment of Annie being desired. And oh. like a a a man who although he cannot dress himself is sort of objectively attractive who is just like irresistibly attracted to her and i love it and i loved the scene i loved this like soft glow of the golden hour lighting coming through the curtains and like it was just a slow moment like a mm. passion and i just i know there have been a lot of these but i just every time i need to call it out because every time it feels like a revolutionary act i just want to give a special shout out to the lighting designer for that shot of annie by the window because she was lit beautifully yes with like she had those like nice underwear on and just like the t-shirt and just she looked just looked perfect i mm. was obsessed it was very disney princess in a window yeah kind of moment. and with just like the long hair just sort of right. cascading down she looked it's just like yes let's let her have these moments of just looking awesome so then this is where we split off from fran for the evening let's talk about fran's night first and then we'll move into annie and family Indeed, uh, there was a lot of flipping back and forth so let's just do it this way so first as you mentioned we see fran at the dispensary fran is incapable of not flirting with an attractive woman like it's like you can tell she's trying not to but she just still is it's just she has chemistry with a rock like mm. she would have chemistry with a paint a piece of paint that is drying on a wall like that is she just yeah. has that kind of chemistry there's a magnetism there and you can't hold it against her. No. I oh my god. She just like she could talk her way into anything. Like truly. Any, any. I am charmed. I am endlessly charmed. I'm just like, "Hi, Fran, here's my panty drawer." Yes, welcome. What's up? Hello. Um so yeah, so she then lit up in some kind of de- a device. Um, you don't know anything Someone that would tell us a torch feels like a lot for me but you know what i'm not going to judge because i have smoked out of some weird items too so i'm not here to judge i'm just here to learn uh so <laughs> after after that we see her stumbling into karaoke while eating a burrito which mm. honestly i was like okay if i'm having a self-care night like this is this is it for me is just eating a burrito making fun of people at karaoke after doing questionable weed like, that just sounds like a great night. Did we establish whether or not Fran's vegetarian? Random side note, mm. because I love a good meaty... I'm sorry. My carbon footprint is trash. <laughs> I try and be as ethical as possible, but, like, I will... Oh, t- I'll take a double steak burrito from Chipotle <laughs> to the base. 
So that's making me really, I'm like really hungry now. This is, I need that. <laughs> that sounds so good. I have tofu for dinner. That's not what I want. I want no. that burrito. Yes. So we, so Fran decides she's going to sing. Uh, she gets up to sing shallow and I get nervous because shallow is a very hard song, especially. It's not easy. And um, what did you, what did you think about, uh, about Fran's performance here? Uh, I did not know she's a belter. I was, you know, I thought the way they did it was really interesting because she can obviously sing real well, Mm -hmm. but they also like, there were moments where she's just sort of sliding around because she's high, super high. And so I was like, all right, I like the honesty that is in this performance. Um, Oh, the unicorn moment. That's what got me. That was so beautiful. Like I had to write this down word for word because I was like, this is profound she gets distracted by the unicorn that's running across the screen and says that unicorn it's gorgeous that's me i can't let people too close or i hurt them with my horn and i was like damn you are having yes like the snaps for fran you are coming to a realization this is a moment the goosebumps all over it was beautifully done so i feel like this is now we're gonna see well i'll be curious to see where we go with this now is she now that she sort of knows like all right i'm pushing people away like we're gonna see some more growth i like it i'm ready i'm glad i'm really glad that they licensed this song for that moment it was worth it it was so worth it it was a very beautiful performance i loved it yes so on the other side we've got uh we've got annie rolling into the restaurant with ryan to meet fresh off that fresh off that fucking uh ready to meet her parents um you were right about this scene because you texted me <laughs> earlier and I ugh. I was like, Tookie, you're going to be real unhappy <laughs> with Annie's mom in this episode. You said it would give me hives and I feel like you were <laughs> definitely right. Uh, yeah, because this scene chaffed, chapped my crevasse. Uh, I, I, I didn't, <laughs> didn't like it. Didn't like it. It was really painful from beginning to end the first thing out of her mom's mouth was annie you look so put together in a surprised tone (laughs) and like oh god i feel like every and this isn't anything about my mom i think it's just every woman has this relationship with their mom where they like will say something like that and you're just like god but mom like leave me alone and it just sort of set the tone for the fact that i as a as a semi-frequent watcher of nba games go celtics uh i was really offended by the fact that ryan brought her parents portland trailblazers jackets that were like you know uh uh, defects from building 19 r.i.p building 19 but like what in this episode i started having a moment where i was like i think ryan's brain is broken like yes. there's something in there and it's this it's this character ju- juxtaposition again where he's like in he's surrounded by other people that are grounded in reality and he's not like he's like having Ruthie moments where it's like what are you talking about when earlier he was like oh do I have to call them mom and dad now I'm like okay get let's come <sighs> come up to the level of the rest of us here just for a moment can we talk about the revelation about his son <laughs> at the table <laughs> <laughs> not dinner conversation. I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, I have a son, but like, it's another thing to follow up with. I'm not allowed to be in his life. <laughs> like I was asked not to be part of his life. Like, oh my God. That's like, you come on. I know you haven't had a girlfriend before, but like you've met humans. 
right? Yeah. Like, get it. So, so he's off on his own planet, like talking about whatever he's going to talk about. Mom is just like having a diet spiral. So, yeah. So, what she's doing here is so symptomatic of what so many women in that generation were trained to do. Like, I almost don't hold it against her because women of that generation were so indoctrinated with all mm. of this like diet culture shit that's so deep in their brains that it's like you've I, I i hear so many people every single day like when the the waiter came over and she's like oh no no bread for us like n- no like just yeah. like you're being very weird and you're putting your bad food relationship on everybody else I appre- yeah, I have a I have a not so great relationship with food either. Um and I appreciate your empathy for her during this scene. But like for me it was real when she said, "Oh, I used to count her chocolate chips." I said, "Very you raggedy bitch." Like I <laughs> I got so mad. I got so mad. Oh, I think it's just Well, you know. You know. So she said, she, she says to Ryan, I give you permission to slap me if I'm reaching for that bread. Like I, that was my moment where I was like, you are putting your shit so far out there. Like I give you permission to slap me if I'm reaching for that bread. Like I know that you're being cute and like cutesy and like, ha ha ha, don't let me do it. But it's honestly, it like made me really sad. Like this part of the scene made me mm. really, really sad because uh, like we're just starting to peel back all of those layers of diet culture that are layered in our society and she is a perfect example of somebody that's still living in that every day of like it, yeah she's being bad she feels like she's being bad and um and some of it is performative clearly some of it is like to make her daughter think that way too you can tell that Annie is clearly very wrapped up in all this, but it's just like to live your whole life like that is just really, really a bummer for me. I think that's also part of what fuels what fueled my decision to be so much more on Annie's side during that family argument from season one, because I appreciate Annie's rejection of internalizing yeah. that sort of really toxic mindset of just. Mm, count every bite chew a hundred times can't have the bread like oh yeah ah, and the hives they're back it's they're back when it's dessert time and she says i've been so bad with all the pasta and the bread and annie's just like we're eating food mom it's not bad and it it's it is so hard because when you're a person that's trying to unpack that yourself which you and i i think both are it's hard when other people around you are putting it back in your face and you're like I'm trying to do the work here of like taking this shit out of my brain and you're putting it back in and that's Mm. not helpful to me and so this is something I think about a lot which is like how do you sort of gently shut down people around you and get them to stop doing that without actually being like rude because like this like without making it awkward right but it's right you know at, whether you're at work or whether you're with family like there's always going to be people around you that are sort of making comments like that like oh i'm so bad i'm being so bad like no that's not how it should work anyway i feel very passionately about this but <laughs> i do too i'll never not I, no disrespect to any listeners of ours who are picky eaters but i can't stand a picky eat oh the juice from my collard greens touch the cornbread <laughs> and then i can't eat it shut up shut up shut up <laughs> tired of y'all 
<laughs> so it just and Annie's mom in the scene was fully like this just this totally the the conflict of these two different mindsets was on full display of the mom's antiqui- antiquated way of looking at food it's clear how she's put that on Annie for years and years and Annie's trying to deprogram that and trying to like help her mom too and mm. help her mom move past that because that's just not like a healthy way to live your life especially imagine being like in her generation like as old as she is and not like that she's super old but just like living so much of your life right. thinking about thinking this way all the time like every meal you're like oh well I had bread so I need to oh well this I can't right. like that's exhausting Having- Having spent decades as a member of the cult of diet, you mm-hmm. know, it's you and it's deep. It is. It runs deep. It is. And we're all just sort of doing the best we can to, um, to get past that. I would highly recommend, um, if you haven't read the book or just want to follow her on Instagram, the fuck it diet is really, really, she talks a lot about this idea of just anti-dieting and deprogramming diet culture. So that's one of the, she's one of the accounts that's really helped me sort of open my mind to some of this stuff and deprogram all that shit in my own brain. So the fuck it diet, okay. that's my plug. Okay. But like my one problematic moment of the show. Uh-oh. Uh oh, you get one, you get one per show. Um, what if you're trying to saucease yourself into a wedding dress? Uh-uh. No, no, no. <laughs> that's no. I And see, that is not, we are not aligned. No wedding diet. No wedding no. diet. It's fine. No more of that. Because you're going to look fucking good no matter what. And this is what I always tell people is like you're paying someone to do your makeup or you've got a a friend who's good at it, doing your makeup, doing your hair. You're going to look the best you're going to look. You're going to be happy. You're going to be glowing. No one is going to fucking look at your back roll. They're going to be looking at how much better you look than you do on a regular basis. Right. Because normally Uh, I'm haggard as fuck. I'm doing some rebellious shit. Uh Walking down the aisle, wedding dress, no Spanx. Good for you. I don't think I wore Spanx either. I'm trying to think about it. You got to let that, you got to let it fly, it's baby. Just, That's a long day. Happen. It's a long day to be wearing uncomfortable Spanx. I was at a, I wore Spanx to a wedding I was in the summer. And literally, like, as soon as I went to the bathroom after the ceremony was over, I just pulled off the Spanx. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Stuffed them in my clutch. I was like, this is dumb. I'm never doing this again. Yeah. We got to breathe. We got to eat. Anyway, so this was, yeah, deeply, deeply triggering and painful to watch this for a lot of reasons. I think we can relate to different pieces of it. Um, Absolutely. So, oh, and for the record, I mean, I'm not like actually wedding dieting anymore. I've definitely had several slices of pizza and some beer good. while away for a ski weekend in New Hampshire. Good, so. because you know what? That's life, baby. That's you got to you've got to live your life. So aside from all of the really chaotic toxic diet culture stuff that was happening we also my my other favorite part of this awkward dinner was when annie bumped into her dad on the way to the bathroom and she's like what do you think of ryan he's like he's fine and i just like my heart broke there was never more truth to that statement though (laughs) right did you did you clock that too i mean I, what, what's a good dad is going to let you know what it, maybe without completely, you know, twisting the, the knife per se, he's going to, he's going to, you know, nip at the bandaid, just tug it a little bit, but it's a reality that Annie really has to accept. Her dad knows that she is very much settling for Mm -hmm. Ryan. And it's so sad. It's so sad. Like I, it makes me think of when I was, when I had relationships and I was younger, my dad would always say, I'm not going to get close to a guy until you're like, this is, this is it. This is the one. And I kind of get that now that I'm older because as a parent, like 
you can't get emotionally involved with these people, especially when you have such a clear view into how much better your kid is than this. Like, mm. it's like Ryan was not even on the same planet. And it's just, of course, Annie, of course, your dad's not going to be like, yeah, this guy seems great. He's like, he's not going to bro out with dude. No, he's unconcerned about how he doesn't have a job. He's like giving us dirty ass jackets, like as a like very nice, but fucking weird and not not on this planet. And I appreciate that, um, you know, Bill, Annie's dad, as someone who's on the outside looking in, has more perspective on the situation, right? Uh, just because he acknowledges, unlike Vera, you raggedy bitch, uh, he acknowledges that Annie is an adult and that she needs to be addressed as such, mm. handled as such, treated with the same sort of adult integrity mindset, all of that. Uh, and again, as someone on the outside looking in and who is no stranger to his daughter's weight issues can probably, you know, see through the whole like hey he got with her because she was a, a i hate to say this easy hookup right and that she just sort of was taking what she could get and she's blinded to the fact that now this guy is finally treating her like a i don't know a sentient human being <laughs> right right that so so he sees this and he's just like yeah no yeah she don't she didn't need this it's true and and i i liked the conversation that they had out by the car um that mom and dad had out by the car throwing mics around she's like I'm really not, she's, i just had to sink that was into a mic the thoughts in the moment uh, so I liked the conversation they had out mom and dad had out by the car where he kind of called her out and was like you know you were i felt like this was back when you guys were when she was a teenager and you were fighting with her about the chocolate chips and the the piece that got to me was like again this is maybe i'm being too sympathetic of vera is like she because she has all this diet culture shit in her brain she has in her head okay pretty equals uh thin and mm. happy equals thin and healthy healthy equals thin and so she thought she was being a good mom by encouraging her daughter to lose weight and didn't know at the time how damaging that was um and it just like it just broke my heart to think about like teenage 80 counting out her chocolate chips and like we all mm. i think have moments like that where we had adults in our lives that were that were focused on that type of thing because their simplified view of life is easier if you are beautiful life is easier if you are skinny if you are thin life is better if you are thin that gets so in there yes like that gets so in your brain that still to this day i i catch myself having those thoughts and i'm like you have to stop because that's not reality and your worth is not determined by the number on the tag of your clothes Exactly. Which is a, a huge, you know, because I, 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 growing up, I'd always heard like, well, you know, size two or three if you're wearing junior sizes, mm -hmm. which ugh, some of us just didn't have access to because <laughs> uh, thigh meat, right? But, you know, oh, size two, size four, size three and juniors, right? Like that's, that's where you want to be. It's true. Or, like, Isn't that crazy that we have yeah. those like acceptable sizes sort of even in our brain from when we were young? Yes. Which is bad shit. Also, women's gene sizing is trash. Can we all just accept this truth? Oh, it's all garbage. It's all fucking manipulative garbage. Throw the whole 
den of industry away and not okay no people need jobs but <laughs> but like leggings forever anyway so that's so this is this has been Tookie and marissa rant about diet culture uh <laughs> i think this was i don't know this episode really like hit my hit my heart for those reasons yeah. because i i see i i see all sides of this and i i don't hold a lot of blame for people that were raised and are are sort of passing that on all we can do is like educate ourselves so we don't pass it on anymore yes. that's the best thing we can do and call break it out the cycle it. exactly break, break the cycle so we finally we wrap up with annie and ryan getting ice cream which great excellent happy that he got his dessert because he clearly wanted it you know it's not quite post dick spaghetti though Ugh. but ice cream right it's not but, quite as satisfying it's not quite it's not nothing I, is I'm, as satisfying i do love a gelato but post dick <laughs> spaghetti that is that's the tops that's the bar that we've set. So I uh, I thought it was really interesting. This was just like a little quick conversation, but where she was saying, you know, her mom ruined the entire dinner and Ryan didn't even really, some of it, yes, mm. is because Ryan is clueless, but I also thought it was just sort of an interesting commentary on like how we view our stuff with our family or our friends or the closest people to us. Like we can be much, we can view that with a harsher lens and where someone else might be like, no, that wasn't even a big deal. But to you, because you have all this years of like these years mm. of back history, it's like, feels like the biggest thing in the world. So I, it's magnified. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was sort of interesting the way that Ryan kind of brushed that off. Uh, and then also just reverted right back into middle school boyfriend. Well, don't, you know what? Don't squirt in middle school. That's not for, that's, oh, that's 18 plus, but uh, what? I just, I, yeah, no, I'm fair. trying to be responsible for keep it legal, baby. Uh, yeah, that was, um, that was really jarring. That was a very horrible, <laughs> jarring transition that like they're having this sweet conversation about her parents. And then he just goes, do you think I'll ever be able to make you squirt? And my first reaction is just that our sex education in this country has failed. It has failed all of us. This is not how it works, mm. Ryan. Read a book. Stop watching so much porn. That is not how it works. That is not a measure of success. It's also... The, yeah, go, well, go I mean, I'm just saying, if I squirted out of any orifice, I'm seeing a doctor. I'm calling the police. Like, I don't... No one want. No one wants to. Sco- hey, we're not going to kink shame here because okay, some people okay, okay, do. Okay, okay, and that was what I was about. I was about to say. I, me personally, I'm like that's messy. I'm not enthusiastic about that. But some people are, and I'm like, great, get yours. But that's a very weird thing to put on somebody. It's mm. like, so like, do you think I'm going to be able to like make you square? Like that's not. This is not a measure of success. Like that's not. It's not. That's not how it works. I'm. My understanding is there's some sort of exercises involved. Some sort of kegels to get things i don't know this is not my area of expertise i just don't enjoy the idea of albumin on my partner Ugh. like i just uh, thank you thank you if you know what albumin is shout out to you don't love it don't love it so that was I, just I, jarring it's jarring but again reverting to that middle school boyfriend mentality that mm. kind of that kind of juvenile talk uh, during serious moments and serious aspects of the relationship because their sex life is just now improving but he's defaulted to skeet skeet squirt squirt and, and i'm just i why he thinks that was mature too like he thinks in that moment he's like i want to give you that experience like i want to make you feel that good and so he in his mind is like we're having a deep adult conversation in this relationship and i'm like no this is not the same you made a leap that is not this is not mm. not it it's not it ryan 
squirting is not mature unless you put a tarp on the hardwoods. Okay. Cause mature people have hardwoods. I, well, okay. No, no disrespect to laminate. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying all of our laminate listeners are going to be really <laughs> pissed off. <laughs> They're going to be like, I was with you up until the squirting on laminate floors comment. And then I was out one star on iTunes. <laughs> okay. But I'm just saying, mm, don't maturity is not so much squirting and leading up to the act of the squirt so much as it is uh having having spare sheets on deck that is honestly such a sign of adulthood squirting or not if you have an extra set of sheets that is how you know or a couple extra towels laying around and a bed frame and a bed frame exactly it all comes back to the bed frame so we finally wrap up this episode with a little peek of the naked bike ride and i loved to see that return i loved ryan was like are those do you know them and annie's like yeah they're my friends and i mm. just what a beautiful moment a weird portland moment we we didn't get a repeat of the uh, flesh colored crayola but we got some crease definitely saw some butt crease hey that's so. that's points i guess for that so guys that was episode four we are now halfway through season two it has we been it. a delight uh we would we'll see you back here next week in the meantime uh we would love if you could leave us a quick little review on itunes all you have to do is hit the five stars uh if you leave a comment too that is also nice but uh, it helps people find the show uh, Shrill is this niche little amazing world and we want to make sure people who love the show can find us because we love more geeking people. out with you guys. More eyes on this show, please. And thank you. We love it. So, uh, so yeah, give us a little review, find us on social media. We are at loud women pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also send us a note on Gmail. If you want to write us a little, a uh, little long form love, uh, it is loudwomenpod at gmail.com. And, uh, you can find us both on social media. Tookie, where are you at? Oh, don't do it. Listen, I'm I'm still over here angry about uh, the Disney execs deciding they need a new princess for the new generation. Let's make her a mermaid and give her a guardian angel. No, a guardian crab. And now let's make him Jamaican. Like, I'm still... I rant about a lot of things. I really Just, like that you've picked this up as a cause today, considering it's a movie that came out 20 years ago. I'm 30. 30. Okay. You're really, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to get Tookie's hot takes on really hot button cultural moments, uh, follow Tookie Monster on Twitter. At, at Tookie Monster, just at your own risk. I'm sorry. It's T-O-O-K-Y Monster. Tookie like cookie. And uh, I'm at, hi, this is Marissa. Uh, and guys, we will be back to talk about diet culture and mm. whatever fucked up shit next episode brings us. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening, and we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.